You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 79. Welcome back to the show. This is the forum where we connect you with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. We are so fortunate to have Ray Murphy as today's guest. Ray Murphy is a global IT security leader with more than 25 years of verifiable success in building or enhancing the overall security posture of multi-billion dollar financial services companies, delivering impactful results in protecting assets, minimizing enterprise risks and threats, and reducing fraud losses. The lessons you'll learn today, however, can be applied to all asset sizes. Mr. Murphy is currently a Chief Information Security Officer and Cybersecurity Advisor for Leo Cybersecurity. Leo Cybersecurity is a premier provider of cybersecurity consulting to credit unions specializing in growing cybersecurity programs through leadership, cyber operations, incident response, and compliance. Prior to joining Leo Cybersecurity, Ray was the Chief Information Security Officer at Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal is the world's largest credit union and serves more than 8 million members from the Department of Defense, family, and friends. Prior to joining Navy Federal, Mr. Murphy developed his IT acumen in all areas of information technology at Mobile Oil Corporation. Committed to driving growth, profitability, and innovation, Mr. Murphy has partnered with executive board and chief experience officers to restructure operations, scale networks and systems, optimize security protocols and applications, and create innovative business-aligned cybersecurity operations. In 2016, Mr. Murphy was the recipient of the Navy Federal President's Award for Leadership Excellence. Some key takeaways from this episode include a discussion on some of the biggest challenges credit unions face in terms of cybersecurity threats, steps on how you can develop a security training and awareness program with your employees, and an examination on the critical factors needed to establish a well-defined incident response plan. Now it's time for my interview with Ray Murphy, Hi, Ray. It is a special treat to have you on the show today. Thanks for spending some time with our Q's podcast listeners. Well, James, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, um, have this podcast with Q's and the opportunity to speak with the Q's Nation about cybersecurity. Wonderful. Now, Ray, can you give our listeners a little background about you, your professional experience, very interesting, and your skill set? and about the organization that you work for, Leo Cybersecurity? Uh, sure, James. I've had a, a, a very uh, interesting career. Uh, started out uh, with uh, Mobile Oil Corporation, which at the time was the number one uh, corporation in the Fortune 500. Uh, I was there for a little over 15 years, at which point I was able to uh, build my information technology acumen. Uh, I was exposed to every... Uh, sector and component of information technology, desktop, mainframe, uh, application development, voice operations, networking, service desk, and I even uh, oversaw the executive support, which uh, was interesting as well as challenging. 
Uh, from there, I um, went to Navy Federal Credit Union and was with Navy Federal for a little over 21 years. Uh, during the past 15 years, I was uh, given the opportunity uh, about 15 years ago to uh, build out the information security program. The uh, CIO asked me to help out in preparing for an upcoming NCUA exam, which had some uh, information security components, which I did. And following that, he asked me if I'd be interested in building out a program. So I, uh, I took that challenge. I was the only person doing information security at the time. And uh, when I uh, left there uh, this past May, I had built the organization to more than 120 people, uh, including employees and contractors, and uh, it was a mature, world-class information security program. The program included uh, everything uh, that a, a cybersecurity or information security program should include. We had a 24 by 7 on-site cybersecurity operations vulnerability management, uh, threat intelligence. We developed an insider threat program. Uh, we had the governance uh, component of information security, which includes your policies and standards, as well as uh, third party, or what's uh, commonly referred to today as supply chain risk management. And of course, uh, education and awareness program we built out, and uh, the incident response program that we had. Um, uh, also, during that time, I was able to um, come forward with a uh, fraud management strategy during this time to, uh, to address our uh, fraud losses and implemented uh, a model to do that 24 by 7. And uh, in the first year of implementing that strategy that I had developed, there was a 30% reduction in Navy Federal's fraud losses. So a, a significant accomplishment there. Um, wow. A couple of, couple of things that I'm most proud of uh, during my tenure is that, that um, the information security program, we had no data breaches or ransomware attacks, and uh, we were able to, uh, to protect our member personally identifiable information. And on a personal note, uh, 2016, I was the recipient of uh, the um, Navy Federal uh, President's Award for Leadership Excellence. So uh, I've been, enjoyed my stint at uh, Navy Federal, and uh, this past May, I moved on to LEO Cybersecurity, and um, what attracted me to LEO was that they were uh, looking to uh, build out and enhance their credit union practice. So that. That was right in line with uh, what I had done at Navy Federal. And uh, I'm a firm believer, uh, regardless of size of the uh, credit union, that each credit union can have a world-class information security program. Um, they have uh, a very talented, experienced uh, cybersecurity professionals at LEO, and uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it. Wow, that's, that's why we have you on. It's such a pleasure to start this conversation and uh, thank you for sharing your experience. It gives our listeners a very good understanding of where this content is coming from. Now, Ray, you may have heard some past episodes. I often start the show with a bit of inspiration. Would you be willing to share with our listeners a mantra or success quote that you live by professionally? 
I, uh, James, I do have, uh, it's not more of a quote, it's more of, uh, what I've, uh, learned over the years from, from, uh, business leaders who have been successful across all, all sectors. And, and everyone, uh, is familiar with, uh, Steve Jobs with Apple and Bill Gates with Microsoft and Jeff Bezos at Amazon. And, and what I, uh, was impressed with those and other successful business leaders uh, is the fact that you surround yourself with intelligent, ethical staff who can execute and implement your strategy and vision. And uh, the key to that is once you select those individuals that you have the ability to let them run it, let them go, don't micromanage them, and let them, um, you know, take ownership and be accountable and responsible for the success and the accomplishments that that they achieve with executing the strategy and the vision. I like that. The focus is on the people, and that's a lot what this conversation is about. We're going to talk about incident response planning, uh, but there are a lot of challenges and responsibilities when it comes to protecting a credit union's organization's information, including member information, of course. Let me share with you a couple statements. You tell me if you believe they are true or false statements. For our listeners, then, uh, please support your responses with some detail. All right, first one. (laughs) I'll be a little fun here. All right, true or false, a significant amount of money is required for credit unions to implement a security education and awareness program. Well, James, that uh, you could spend a lot of money on it if you had the the resources to do so, but um, uh, no, I, I would say that that would be false. You don't need to have a significant amount of resources to uh, implement a very sound security education and awareness program, not only for your employees, but for, for your members as well. You can start out with the employees with uh, simple things, with making sure that they understand what's expected of them, how they should handle member data and information, what they should do with uh, destruction of data, should they shred uh, statements and, and um, uh, reports that are considered confidential and and intellectual property within the uh, credit union, as well as protecting things that they're uh, taking home with them. So uh, any printed documents, I would I would um, you know make sure that they were aware that maybe taking printed documents home isn't the best thing to do. Um, also copying files to uh, unencrypted USB thumb drives or external devices isn't necessarily a, a good practice. And um, using a, a more secure method of accessing that, whether it's through a virtual private network where you could dial in and work remotely from home and, uh, and, and uh, take advantage of all the security uh, controls that are implemented to protect that information while you're doing that. So I, I, um, there are other things that you can implement, and I think we'll touch on some of those as I go further into the education and awareness program in a few minutes. Excellent response. Thank you so much. So a lot of our listeners, Ray, are from a variety of different asset sizes. So this next statement, again, true or false, you tell me the asset size of a credit union largely dictates the success of a security and education awareness program. True or false? That would be false. Uh, you can be the world's largest credit union or, uh, you could be a credit union with, uh, you know, um, a few uh, hundreds of millions uh, in assets. 
um, the, the size of the assets of the credit union does not uh, indicate that you're going to have a, a mature and successful education and awareness program. It's, uh, it, it, they're, they're mutually exclusive. So um, the, the education and awareness program is not dependent on the size of the assets of the credit union. Thank you. Now, every day, individuals and organizations are being attacked. They're under threat. Ray, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest challenges that credit unions face as they try to tackle threats that face them every day? Well, James, uh, one of the threats that um, is uh, is really affecting all the different sectors today, uh, there are two of them that, that come to, to, to mind right away. One is ransomware. You may have noticed that there's been a rash of ransomware attacks uh, that are impacting um, uh, educational institutions, specifically school districts across the nation. And these, uh, these organizations and educational institutions are, you know, wrestling with the fact uh, whether or not they should pay the ransom. But in the meantime, access to their entire network and information is, is uh, unavailable to them. So um, it puts them in a difficult situation. And what this uh, typically uh, is a root cause of, of a lot of these is a business email compromise. And what that is are phishing uh, email messages that entice the recipient to click on a link embedded with the in the message or uh, an attachment uh, for them to click on, at which point uh, the ransomware or the malicious malware is installed onto the device or the network. And then over the course of the next uh, couple of days, is then uh, launched, and uh, then the, the problem becomes uh, uh, prevalent and, and across their network and causes the issue. So those two threats right now are the, are the, are the big threats that organizations are, are facing. Um, but um, one of the things that um, organizations need to be focused on is to make sure that they have a, a very robust incident response plan so that they are prepared in the event that they have to deal with this type of incident on what they need to do. Because when you have a, a threat that comes to fruition within your organization, uh, time is of the essence. And um, I, I think we're going to talk a little bit more detail on the incident response plan aspect of it in a few minutes. Uh, just um, uh, two other things that I think that uh, organizations need to be concerned about, and these are top of mind right now, are cloud computing. Everybody's excited to be moving to the cloud, uh, whether it's their uh, services and products or data uh, to deliver uh, these services to the members more quickly. Um, but with that, you need to make sure that um, you have the operational security controls implemented in the cloud environment that you do within your own uh, network and your own premises. So some of the things such as the encryption of data, the authentication to access that data, these things all need to be enhanced to prevent unauthorized access to that information. Uh, two other items are an insider threat program uh, with uh, employees and contractors uh, increasing the number of people that have access to your information. You want to make sure that uh, you're reviewing the information that they're either transmitting or sending out or taking uh, home uh, to make sure that um, it, it is protecting the, the member of personally identifiable information. And more importantly, with that insider threat program, 
with your third-party providers, you need to know what controls they have in place to protect the information that uh, they may have access to uh, providing the services. And finally, the regulatory environment. Uh, the regulatory environment today is, is expanding. It's becoming more demanding, especially around data privacy um, with the, you know, the EU implementing GDPR uh, about a year ago, 18 months ago. And uh, more states now are coming with more stringent uh, data privacy laws, such as the uh, state of New York and, and California. So um, with that regulatory environment, you've got to uh, make sure that you're protecting the, the data uh, of your members. And in order to protect that data, I think it sounds like the number one investment should be education. Before we continue on the next question, now is a great time to learn more about our sponsor for today's episode. Do you feel confident in your organization's digital strategy? Do you have one in place? Creating the right digital strategy and executing it effectively can be complicated. Well, digital might be complex, but your strategy doesn't have to be. Let Acela be your trusted partner helping you achieve your organizational goals through digital strategy and technology delivery. Q's podcast listeners can take advantage of Vasella's free digital experience appraisal to learn how effective your digital tactics are today. Receive a personalized roadmap to achieving your goals and supporting your digital evolution. Visit acela.net slash credit unions to get started. That's A-C-C-E-L-L-A dot net slash credit unions to kickstart your organization's digital strategy. So security education and training are critical for organizations. You've mentioned some things. Can you go in some more detail? What are some solutions or steps organizations can take to educate employees and increase their level of awareness? Well, James, one of the uh, initial uh, things that each organization should have in place is uh, defined policies uh, so that the employee is uh, familiar with what the expectations are on, on their performance and their behavior when it comes to accessing information, uh, when it comes to using information and uh, transmission of uh, information, which always includes uh, member personally identifiable information. Um, with a education and awareness program, um, an online training module that shows what the uh, information is about the policies that are in place and uh, provides the employees with uh, a bit of education. And then at the end of that uh, module, uh, they have a, a series of questions that they need to answer. Uh, to test and assess uh, their knowledge of what's expected of them. And those types of modules uh, should be done on an annual basis. I think NCUA uh, has an expectation uh, that uh, each uh, credit union has some type of online training for information security for the employees. This is a, a very uh, inexpensive way to do that and to uh, assess uh, what the uh, success rate is with uh, each employee taking that uh, quiz. The um, the other thing that uh, is is gaining a lot of traction across organization, which is effective, are phishing simulation campaigns. And uh, by implementing those, um, you get to assess um, if your employees can detect a phishing email. What are the telltale signs of 
receiving an email message that has an embedded link or an attachment. And uh, what may appear to be an email coming from your CEO or COO, you know, that should, uh, that should be a red flag uh, for employees to take a, a real uh, close look at that email address. Is that really coming from inside or is it an external uh, email address that uh, has the name of the CEO in there. So uh, those are just a, a few of the things that uh, education and awareness programs uh, should look to uh, implement. And again, they're they're inexpensive, but they're very effective. It sounds like the need for a very well-defined incident response plan is critical. Can you share with our listeners why an incident response plan should exist in every credit union organization? And in that response, and I know you just touched on this a little bit, but in that response, what are the risks if you don't have an incident response plan? Well, James, uh, an incident response plan uh, is an essential component that each credit union should have as part of their uh, information security or cybersecurity program. And the the reason they have to have a a well-developed plan uh, is twofold. One is Uh, you need to have defined roles and responsibilities. So uh, everyone within the organization needs to know, you know, when there is an incident and um, we need to activate our resources to address that incident, what does everyone need to do? So if you don't have that uh, documented and everybody understands within the organization uh, what their role is when uh, the incident response plan is uh, enacted, then uh, what, what can, can result is a, a loss of time. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, when you do have an incident, time uh, is of the essence. So you need to address what the issue is. You need to make sure that you've got uh, uh, the um, uh, an appropriate response. Um, so within that uh, plan, uh, in addition to defined roles and responsibilities, um, if your services are unavailable to your members, what is your communication plan to them? What do you need to tell them why their mobile banking or online banking application is unavailable? And how are you going to address inquiries from the media uh, the longer that this uh, uh, outage uh, from their perspective continues to occur? So, um, and, and everyone today, they, they, their immediate reaction when services are unavailable, uh, and understandably so, is that an organization has experienced a data breach, and that's why this information is unavailable. Um, but, um, uh, you know, if you don't have a good communication plan and you don't get out in front of it, um, it can, it can spin out of control. There are other things with, um, um, uh, looking at the incident response plan. So um, you need to conduct a tabletop exercise within everybody in the organization participating. This is uh, really a valuable uh, component of the plan because during the tabletop exercise, uh, each person in there, they'll understand what their role, they'll see how they fit in as the exercise continues to unfold. And following that, you're going to get lessons learned from that exercise. Um, I had the opportunity um, to to build out these tabletop exercises over the years. And uh, just over the the, the most recent one that I uh, conducted, uh, we had uh, uh, the CEO and and, uh, all the executive uh, leadership 
members participate, and it really uh, gave them a lot of food for thought when we were we were finished. And the, I'll leave this question to to the Q's Nation here, and you can think about this. So, if you had a ransomware attack, who's going to make the decision within your organization on whether or not you pay the ransom? Wow, great question, and uh, not a fun question to even ponder at all. Wow. No, it's not a it's not a fun question, but it's something that you need to um, think about. And um, you know, a lot of there's differing opinions. A lot of uh, uh, thoughts are around. Uh, no, we're not going to pay uh, the ransom, uh, or some think, well, it's small enough, we'll pay it. We'll get the keys, we'll decrypt it, and we'll fix it. But um, you know, by doing that, you can, uh, you know, can experience it again. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it's a difficult, uh, question, but, uh, you need to have the discussions beforehand so that everyone knows who's going to make that decision. Is it, is it the CEO? Is it your board? Is it the chairman of the board? So, uh, everybody needs to understand who's making that call. Three words pop out in my mind after listening to you. One, you reference everyone. All employees, they need to be involved in training, not just a portion. Uh, number two, communication. Can't communicate enough, and you need to be detailed, and you need to act fast at times, and so you need to have protocol uh, and practice sessions in that. And then the final one, you didn't say this word, but you talked about it, leadership. You need strong leadership in this area. Everybody needs to be involved, and there needs to be tremendous communication and great leadership to supersede these these threats that are coming uh, your way. So all of this is about the greatest investment, education. And I spent my entire adult life in the teaching and learning space. And to me, education is real simply about creating change. If you there's education, there's change that takes place. And a lot of it can be in concepts and relationships, but most often it's a, and in this case, I think, is a change in skill set. And you're looking for growth over time, right? And looking for growth over time of all your employees uh, to to make sound decisions and, and practices uh, to be ready for threats. How can you measure growth in understanding concepts and developing skill sets? I know you mentioned doing a, like a simulation that the employees don't know about, about a phishing uh, scheme. And perhaps you can, can you talk about how you can improve in, in any manner of skill set with your employees because you want to see gain and growth in this investment towards education. Uh, yes, James, I did uh, mention phishing simulation campaigns, and that's a that's a great one. I can I can do a little deeper dive on because uh, when you introduce those uh, into an organization, uh, there there's a lot of reluctance sometimes that. They, um, uh, the way they work is um, they get the email message, and if they click on the link or the attachment, uh, as they do so, immediately they're presented with a, a training aid that shows them that, hey, this was a phishing uh, simulation, and here's what you should have observed, and here were the red flags that you should have been able to identify in the message. That, that would have alerted you that this was a phishing message and, you know, to learn from that. So it's uh, maybe the training aid is maybe a minute, minute and a half for them to go through. Uh, and, um, you know, we then develop our plan 
uh, to move forward and assess uh, the employees probably on a monthly basis. You don't have to do every employee each month. You can break it out by department and do a, a different department each month. That way you're um, you know, getting results as you go through. But the first time you do the phishing simulation campaign across the entire organization, you're probably uh, going to see a 25% hit rate where 25% uh, of the recipients will click on the link for the, um, the attachment. And, um, you know, when you get that result, you're like, wow, that's, that's a high rate. And, you know, what are we doing and how do we change this? So, you know, again, the education with the training aid, uh, you put out materials, posters about phishing, what to be aware of. You, if you have a uh, intranet site or a website for the employees, you can put out some information on what they need to do with, with some videos that are uh, available for free of charge uh, from, I know the Department of Homeland Security has a lot of information that you can get from them uh, to educate them. And then you, as you run through uh, doing the tests again each month, you should see a reduction of that 25%. Your target uh, specifically for the financial services sector, it's going to be in the 10 to 12% uh, hit rate. And uh, obviously, you're going to want to try to work towards getting in the single digits, uh, uh, hopefully around a 5% uh, rate. So as far as measurement and on the growth and, and the improvement and the developing the skills to identify phishing, that's a, a great uh, way to uh, assess whether your phishing simulation campaigns and your education regarding phishing emails is, is having success within your organization. Wow, that is so interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of listeners uh, may not have come across that. And perhaps it can seem overwhelming, seems there's a lot of tasks at hand. What other messages would you like to share with Q's Nation regarding developing an effective incident response plan? Anything yeah, I, I do. I think, uh, James, I think uh, just a, a couple of uh, key points. One is to make sure it's it's well documented. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, define roles and responsibilities. So if you've got your incident response team and who the chair of that team is and, and who are the members of that team, and then what each role uh, within that team, what their responsibilities are, and have those completely outlined um, when the chair of the incident response team uh, calls the team together to discuss an incident, what they all know ahead of time, what my role is, because it's fully documented, they've read it, and they're fully aware of that. Um, and that that uh, goes to my point earlier of, of, you know, time is of the essence, so you don't have to pull out your book and read, well, what am I supposed to do? They've, they've convened the incident response team. Uh, I'm I'm the chair. What What's my role? What am I supposed to do? So um, the other thing is, and I mentioned this with tabletop exercises, you have to test uh, your incident response plan periodically. It, it, it just, um, it's just like uh, developing muscle memory when you exercise. If you test it periodically, at a, at a minimum uh, across the enterprise, you should do an annual um, tabletop exercise where uh, you get all the uh, senior leadership together. But um, your, your information security folks, your IT folks, you should do more frequent uh, tabletop exercises because those are going to be the folks that are dealing with uh, whether it's a ransomware attack, a denial of service attack. 
they're going to be on the front lines dealing with it. They're going to try to identify what the information is, what's been, what's the root cause, how do we get back online. And with that, having said all that, uh, one of the most important things of a plan that I think you should uh, engage is to have a forensic services organization company uh, on retainer so that in the event you need to uh, call in some experts with forensics, cyber forensics, um, they would be with, on, your, on site within a matter of hours. Um, I think this is money well spent. A lot of them uh, have a retainer service uh, with a specified amount and uh, often uh, if you don't spend that in a given year, you can uh, use that money and they'll come in and do training and so forth. So um, you still get some value out of that, uh, that retainer service. Wow, that's actually a really great piece of advice right there. Wow, very interesting conversation here. Now, I want to make sure listeners know about you again and your organization, Leo Cybersecurity. Uh, they can help bridge that cybersecurity skills gap, which I think you always need training on your entire staff. So staffing a cybersecurity program requires ongoing development to ensure staff members are up to date. Even with the high levels of investment, it's hard to know if you're really protected. Leo Cybersecurity is one of the premier providers of cybersecurity consulting to credit unions. Leo can help organizations build and manage reliable security programs through creative solutions. So now is a good time. Before we end here, can you tell our listeners about some of these solutions that Leo Cybersecurity offers? Uh, yes, I, I can, James. Leo is a unique cybersecurity services company in the fact that we have uh, talented, uh, skilled cyber professionals who have decades of cyber experience across all different sectors, whether it's financial services or healthcare, uh, retail, industrial control systems. They've had their hands on. They've been uh, CISOs. They understand what the challenges are for uh, running a information security program. And, you know, they're, they're doers. They're not the just talkers. They, they do talk and they will consult with you, but they actually roll up their sleeves and actually help you do the work in developing the cyber strategy and then uh, taking that to uh, the next level to enhance your program and mature it. And then finally, to uh, have a, a nice cybersecurity operations capability within your organization. Leo offers everything from start to finish. They have virtual CISOs who can help assess your current uh, information security posture and then help develop a roadmap on how you can enhance that so that you can move your uh, maturity from maybe a baseline to a uh, moderate maturity level and uh, with uh, over time with uh, uh, minimal resources and investment in the program. Thank you. And the best way to connect with Leo Cybersecurity is to visit the URL cues.org slash L-E-O. Cues.org slash L-E-O. Make it simple for you. All right, uh, Q's podcast listeners, that is credit union leaders, you really face some immense challenges and responsibilities. That's why I appreciate you coming in to help our listeners, to help our credit union leaders, the helping hand and giving some fantastic advice. And uh, if they want to reach out to you, now they have the ability to do that. So thank you, Ray, for coming in and sharing this tremendous content 
I'd like to continue to work with you on different levels and connect with our members along with the organization, Leo Cybersecurity. So thank you for spending some time with Q's Podcast Nation today. Well, James, thank you very much. Uh, it was an enjoyable uh, time that, uh, that I've spent with you. I'm excited to be working with the Q's and the Q's Nation. And again, if anyone has any questions or uh, would like additional information, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Even if uh, you just want to talk about cybersecurity, we're more than happy to have a conversation with you. And I want to thank you, Q's Podcast Nation, for continual support of the show. As you continue to find value in the show, I'd really appreciate if you continue to share this resource with others. One way you can easily share the Q's Podcast with other credit union leaders is to lead them to cumanagement.com slash podcasts. And the show is also available where podcasts are found, like podcast directories such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. But the URL, cumanagement.com slash podcasts, is also the home for streaming the show. Plus, you'll find show notes there as well. That reminds me, if you've checked out our relatively new content website, cumanagement.com, you know it has a wealth of resources for you to take your game to the next level. So check that out. I want to thank Ray Murphy of Leo Cybersecurity for sharing a small portion of his immense knowledge base today. If you would like to know more about him and how he and the Leo Cybersecurity team could help your organization, they offer customized service to best meet your organizational needs. Please visit cues.org slash L-E-O. For more talent development content from Cues, visit cues.org now. If you are a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, board of director members, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.